I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where we use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. Something special. Don't forget. <laughs> Digging in digits. <laughs> What's up, Betty? Hey, man. Oh, you went. You I did it. I told you I did it. You started, you. you started with AO technology. Oh, man. That's what that's from, <laughs> absolute, right? Absolute classic, bro. Is that what that's what that's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got oh it. You got it. Oh my gosh, bro! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, really tr- I was trying to like think of it in my head. I was like, okay, I don't want to do fifties voice because I'll probably bottle it. So I'm just gonna do it, <laughs> and hopefully you get it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you got it. Hold well on. I had to get that. <laughs> that was epic. Oh, I love that. That gave me a headache. I was trying so hard to get that right. Oh, you nailed it, man! Congratulations, great stuff. Oh boy. I need some paracetamol. Oh my gosh. Anyway, okay, <laughs> let me just calm down. How are you, Ben? <laughs> what have oh, you been man. listening to this week? <laughs> that was that's an oh, epic man. start. All right, all right. I'll calm down a little bit here. Um, I'm sh- I'm 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 rough again this week, man. I had another rough week mentally, but luckily again there was some dope music that dropped. Uh, I checked out last night. I checked out Ghostface Killer's new project. Uh, I think it's called Ghostface Killers, and uh, yeah, I, I let that slip. I still need to listen, bro. I um I was on my release radar on Spotify, and and one of the songs off it popped up, and I was like, is this a new project? Because you know Spotify, there's all this fake stuff pops up mm-hmm. and like mixtapes and stuff, but it's a, it's an actual project, and uh, I'm so surprised this has slipped under everyone's radar. I'm not hearing anyone talking about it, but it's it's pretty much fire like it's uh it's old school of course it's it's just going back to the kind of music that ghostface was making with wu-tang in the in the 90s it's not it's not trap beats it's not updated and and you know what ghostface probably my favorite wu-tang member like uh, i don't know man raekwon this is is a legendary group i've been going back to wu-tang a lot lately just some cold cold stuff and uh it really has been matching my mood so that was really, uh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed, you know, I, I said it's, it's very heartening to see artists who are, I guess, legacy artists, but they don't uh, compromise their artistic integrity just to sound hot in 2019. You know, sometimes it hurts me a little bit when, exactly. like, you hear Busta Rhymes mm-hmm. over something that I'm just like, like I don't know if, if that's your lane, Busta. So it's good to hear um it's good to hear that mm. from ghostface also checked out jpeg mafia's album now this was one of the best albums i've heard this year i really enjoyed this record uh someone someone said in my mentions that it sounds like frank ocean's blonde fed through a blender and i was like mm, some of it maybe but uh that's, that's, mm. it's, it's an interesting yeah. take that's and they, they, you know what they, they did? They created a, an image of it. They had an image of someone putting uh, Blonde's album art into a wood chipper. I was like, wow, you really, you really doubled down on that. That was, that was really impressive. I might, I might reach out to them to do some visuals for me because that was cool. Uh, I really, I really love the industrial, <laughs> the industrial nature of this album because it's, it's really sprawling, a sprawling, beautiful mess, really. Uh, and and he just kind of explores all of his creative whims and desires and i really felt like we were just getting an entirely unfiltered raw expression and manifestation of what's going on in his head and his body and it was just yeah I, i really enjoyed it he was he's a really capable producer and the funny thing about the album is and and a couple of people said this is sometimes he just happens upon these beautiful instrumentals and melodies and then in the next second he'll just tear it down with something like crazy industrial and just start screaming fuck over and over again and i love that man like i um i ran i ran the numbers on this album 
uh, over 18 tracks, there's 44 distinct instrumentals. So that's 2.4 a track. Uh, and he produced he produced, arranged, mm. and engineered every track. There is some production help on one of the songs, but 32.4% of the album is just instrumental with no vocals. So yeah, I love this album, man. I, I really enjoyed that album. That was really all I got to this week. I only, I only got to a couple of projects. What about yourself? Um, yeah, so I I forgot my record. I think it's like 10 or 11, something like that, but I listened to nine uh, this week. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, well, actually, starting off with um, a kind of a hark back to last week, you obviously mentioned IDK's Is He Real? I yeah. got to that uh, after like. we did our show. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get it. I enjoyed it. Um, I, just, I like the, I like, obviously like the concept. Um, personally, there was, uh, there was like, uh, there were some tracks where I just wish they were longer, to be honest. And mm. that's kind of funny because we've spent... <laughs> This few episodes now and again saying that's too long, it's too yeah, long, and yeah. now I'm just saying it's not short, it's not long enough. It's never, it's never enough, is it? But no, um, yeah, no, it was a, it was, it was, it was short and sweet, um, very succinct, uh, get in, get out, and I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was, a, it was, it was a good concept, and uh, uh, I think worth exploring more. Uh, uh, I, th- I think so. If he gets into that again, then I'll be all for it. Uh, a couple of EPs I want to shout out. Just uh, Splurge Boys, New Problems. Uh, there's uh, only like three tracks. Uh, they've uh, they've actually well, two of them were released as singles a few a few in the past like month or so. So I've listened to basically 66% of the project already. But yeah, so you know, just uh, some just some UK trap things going on. Uh, I really like their voices personally, and their production is just always always on point. It's just, they're one of the best uh, producers in the UK in my mind. Uh, and also uh, Ian Ewing, uh, Always Home, is a chill hop record. Uh, chill hop records, and uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> very calm, very uh, serene uh, EP. Re- thoroughly enjoyed that. Albums, right? Albums. So actually, let me just let me get to the JPEG Mafia actually, because I actually ah. listened to that uh, today. And uh, yeah, that, that that blonde through a blender's kind mm-hmm. of yeah. That's that's I, I was I hardly agree. That's kind that's of cool, the right? that's kind of the vibe. I I preferred it more to veteran, and uh, as personally just simply because I I I don't know what to think with these uh, with these kind of albums, Ben. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what to think when it's ended. I'm just like, well, that was forty five minutes of just uh, just it just streams of thought. I swear <laughs> it's so crazy, but. Um, yeah, so uh, it's it, it it takes me out of my comfort zone personally. I, I must admit uh, the fact that you said um, uh, was it two point four instrumentals every song, which yeah, um, yeah I can yeah, that's about right because you go to I, I constantly look at my phone and I'm just like, is that is that the next song? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Same song. Oh, now it's the next song. What? What? I don't understand. So I don't know when uh, you just don't know when the next song's on. It's really, it's, so it's kind of I guess it's kind of seamless in that way, but it's just. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just such a yeah, it's a real it's a real palate cleanser. Let's say, let's, yeah, say, yeah. let's say that. Uh, but I did I did enjoy uh, some of the more soulful elements. Uh, I, I will admit, and the fact that he obviously uh, you know he edits it, ranges it, does basically everything to the album, and that's kind of that's kind of indicative of what this album is. Like you can't you can't do an album like this with pe- with other people. It makes sense the fact that it's just only him because imagine t- imagine him trying to tell you what he wants to do with this particular song. Yeah. Like you just you just need to do it, my guy. Cause yeah. I don't know what the fuck you want. You know what I mean? It's just how can you explain that? You have to. He has to do it in his head, obviously. So yeah, so big up for JPEG for that. Uh, other albums. Uh, okay, Nadia Nakai, uh, Nadia Naked. Uh, say she's a South African rapper. Uh, think. Think Stefan Don kind of way, uh, in that kind of arena. Uh, female, uh, very not always not always sexualized, but very just uh, braggadocious, uh, kind of Meg the Stanley kind of vibes as well. Uh, my only thing is that it sound it sounded really American for me, and I'm not like saying that all African all albums from Africa have to sound like they're from Africa. I'm not that's not really the point I'm trying to make, but it did sound like it just it was just done in LA and didn't really uh, I don't know. So I I can't really I won't really say too much on it. I I, I didn't really enjoy it that much personally. Uh, I guess I just my expectations were just a bit different. But for what it was, I guess it was a it, I guess it was a, a decent project. 
Uh, some more stuff I enjoyed. A1, uh, A-W-O-N, called uh, Solar Power. And um, very jazz hip-hop, uh, you know, slow chill beats. So I, I blasted that one in the shower and just, uh, yeah, that's uh, just a chill record. But apart from the vibes, the lyrics were very good. Some great storytelling on this as well. And, uh, yeah, super slept on. Definitely worth definitely worth the listen. Dat Kid and Leaf Dog, Confessions of a Crud Lord. Um, so this is interesting because... <laughs> so I was listening to this halfway through and uh, it's, it's for for what it, for just a basic log line, it's like uh, Dat Kid and Leaf Dog, they're UK, uh, UK uh, uh, rappers and I think uh, Leaf Dog's the producer in this as well. And it's very grimy, uh, very grimy hip-hop kind of way. And I was thinking halfway through the album, this is... The the Griselda boys would really rate this. Like they should hop on a couple of tracks, and lo and behold, in comes uh, Conway the Machine. Nice, <laughs> and Westside Gun on a couple of features, and I was just like, oh, there you go, that's there you go, that's that's how it's done. So yeah, uh, if if you like Griselda and that kind of vibe, really grimy, really dungy, just ugh, yeah, you know, just just that just that nasty shit under your fingernails kind of hip-hop yeah that's this is definitely it definitely it and uh some really funny uh funny bars on there as well uh which one next because these are the two i actually really enjoyed so let me get to sampa the greats uh, ah the nice nice which is i think like an hour and 15 minutes something like that and it was a very inter- it was a very nice uh it was a very nice uh something different i think is it's very unique in terms of what it is production wise lyrics wise it's very unique um sampa the great for those that don't know i think i should look this up as i do it uh she is a bear with me she is a zambian born australian singer songwriter so mm-hmm. yeah so um there's a lot of there's a couple of african elements in here but most of it is very hip hop uh, very soulful at the same time some great features on here to the point where they they are pretty much elemental features, not actual features. There are there are a couple of features like in terms of verses, but most of the time when there's a feature on there, it's usually just purely elemental and just to give vocals or something like that. But yeah, this is she's a very interesting artist to me, and uh, I actually listened to her previous album, Birds and the Bees, and I don't think I gave that a true uh, the time that it deserved, because like from what I remember. When I listened to it a few couple of years ago, it was kind of just like, yeah, it was okay. But I feel like there was more depth there that I didn't actually get to experience than I did for this one. So yeah, uh, amazing album, definitely worth a listen. And lastly, Emily Sande, the queen of our sovereignty uh, with Real Life, her third studio album. And yeah, it's just, it's so positive. Uh, she's one of those artists where if she's, she, she puts her experiences on the paper and, and obviously that's a bit of a dumb statement considering that that's how most artists work but she does it to such a point where she she has this she has this ability for so like emotional intelligence and to put her emotion into her songwriting into her music and you feel every single ounce of it so if she's happy you're gonna feel happy listening to it if she's sad you're gonna feel sad listening to it and yeah it's just the emotional range is ungodly it's a very abstract way of uh, measuring it but her yeah just her emotional uh palette is just absurd and uh yeah, if you if you're feeling for some positive vibes and for, and for you know lift yourself up kind of thing, uh, yeah, that's the real life Emily Sande, always the always the album, and just Emily Sande in general because she's the queen of our sovereignty here in the UK, which is um, not on Wikipedia, but um, hmm. it will be someday when I uh, make an account and try and hack it. But anyway, <laughs> we, we shall get to the topic, and Ben is introducing this one, so Ben, over to you. All right, this week we're going to talk about Kanye West and 50 Cent's classic sales battle, Graduation versus Curtis. Uh, the first week battle that 50 Cent said if he lost, that he would retire from hip hop, which he didn't do. And I'm a little bit, I've got a little bit of PTSD from rappers <laughs> saying that they're going to retire from hip hop and they don't. Uh, I don't think Nicki Minaj is retiring after all that hullabaloo earlier in the week um but yeah this is a really interesting this is a really interesting thing because i guess what we want to have a look at is firstly how big of a cultural moment it was for hip-hop it was it was a lot of people place uh the 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 sonic shift 
between the gangster rap era of the 90s and early 2000s, of which 50 Cent was... I mean, I guess he came in at the tail end when you think about it, but Dr. Dre was behind him and Dr. Dre was at the very, very forefront of this movement. So it makes sense that 50 Cent would be the culmination of it. And I really think he was, you know, commercially. He was, and 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 sonically, like just the sound of his voice and his lyrical content and the aura around him was just, he was just the pinnacle of it in the end. And I'm not saying that to diminish anyone else in the genre or the subgenre at all. I'm just saying 50 Cent was like, you know, he sold a million first week. Like, that's crazy. And then you had Kanye. And Kanye was kind of like the art school kid. Uh, and he was just like with the backpack and the, the the button up. And, you know, it was just, it was completely different to what we were used to seeing on our TVs and, and in uh, like listening to on record. And so when they came together and clashed on this, <laughs> hip hop changed forever afterwards. And a lot of people attribute that change to this battle. Now, I don't think it changed because of the battle. I think it was already changing. And we're going to have a look in the, at the statistics behind it. And you can see there is a, there's a quantifiable shift from gangster rap into the new era of hip hop. And we're talking about Kanye, Kid Cudi, Drake, uh, Travis Scott, like that 808s kind of like trappy sound and then the, the more emotion-based hip-hop. And it's definitely, I mean, it's it's really quantifiable. It's really right there on paper, like it's really stark. But I want to speak, firstly, I want to do it in a linear fashion. So I want to talk about the, the events that led up to it and why it was such... I guess why it appeared to be such a shock that Kanye beat him by such a huge margin. Because Curtis, you know, we'll have a look at 50 Cent prior to that. Now, Get Rich or Die Trying dropped. And I remember there's a there's a classic interview out there with Jay-Z. Uh, and I forget who he was with, who he was being interviewed by. But he basically said in this interview and admitted that part of the reason why he retired was 50 Cent. And he said to who, I think he was in the studio with Beans and Bleak, and he said, look, 50 Cent is coming, so flood the market with music right now, because when this guy drops and hits, he's going to run everything, and he did for like two years, man, he ran everything, Get Rich or Die Trying dropped, uh, it sold 170k first week, it went number one for six weeks, it was six times platinum, it had two number one singles, now that is really rare, Tupac was... Sorry, it was Diddy who was the first to do that um, on No Way Out. Uh, but but it's super mm. rare. Nelly did it. Uh, T.I. actually did it. Drake's done it a couple of times. Eminem's done it. But these are only unicorns that are doing it. Like, it's very rare. Um, had three top tens. Uh, it, it was just a, a huge moment in the club. It was, it was massive. It was so massive. And then he backed it up with The Massacre, which sold 1.15 million first week. That was so epic. It was a huge moment. And and both those albums, you know, everyone says Get Rich or Die Trying is a classic, and I think it is. Uh, I think The Massacre is really close to being a classic. But we have to mm-hmm. look at what was happening around 50 Cent at the time. You know, he put on... Every, he was such a big force that he put everyone on around him. Tony Yayo has like a three times platinum certified album. Like, that's crazy, man. That doesn't make any sense. Like, how could Tony Yayo have that? In 07, that's mm. how big 50 Cent was. So coming into that, into this battle, 50 Cent was just at the top. He was even, you know, up there with Eminem, and Eminem sold 240 million records or something. Oh, no, it was less than that. It was about 220. But, I mean, that's that's epic. That's a moment. That's a run. Kanye West was not on a run. He was uh, a bit more of a slow builder. I mean, Kanye started with Rockefeller and... We all know the backstory to Kanye. Now, the college mm-hmm. dropout uh, sold basically half of what Get Rich or Die Trying dropped, dropped the year after. 441 first week. Mm. Uh, went number two. It never hit number one. He did have a number one single on it. But it was, a, it was a, a very, very solid commercial opening, which he built on for late registration, which sold 860,000 first week. Went number one. There was a number one single on that. But if you have a look at it, uh, Kanye was kind of being seen in the opposite way to 50 Cent, where 50 Cent was the one who was kind of putting everyone on around him. 
Kanye, people were thinking that he was being put on. And the people that he brought into the game, like GLC and Consequence, they weren't hitting the way that Lloyd Banks and Young Buck and, and Tony Yeo were hitting. Like, you know, it was, it was a different kind of different kind of vibe and energy. And so for them to clash and for Kanye to say, I'm going to beat you. And f- I mean, when 50 Cent said he was going to retire, everyone was kind of like, well, he's, he's probably going to win. Like, he's, he's such a commercial force. And he didn't. And that's amazing. Like, it was such a moment. Like, it was just epic. What are, what are your memories of that? Uh, none at all, to be honest. At this point in <laughs> at this point in life, I was uh, uh, I was not in the loop at all uh, personally. But looking back at it, uh, it's very it's very fascinating looking at it from just the. I like to see it from the whole scope, the broadest of scopes in like the, the, in terms of like hip hop history. Yeah, and seeing how. You know, there, 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 there are points in time where you can see that there's like, you know, two artists and they're both big and, you know, they're, they're both going to, there can only be one kind of thing, you know, the, the Highlander theory that we love to do with especially female hip hop bias. And we do it with men as well, in some uh, aspects as well. Yeah, we do. But this one was special simply because it was you know they they both dropped it at the same time and literally just let the people decide it was literally like a it was a hip hop election <laughs> pretty much it was just like yeah, yeah. vote for your favorite vote for your favorite artist and it, there's there's never been anything so condensed to that to that real essence of just like we the people are going to vote for this <laughs> for who is the best hip hop artist at this point and um you know obviously uh, you know Kanye won in this sense and has won by miles especially in the ter- in terms of just like uh, how it's how it's gone in the future but yeah at that time i mean it was just uh like i said i wasn't really i wasn't really into music news like that i wasn't really on the pulse of anything <laughs> i was just very i was very passive as, as a person that in that uh, sense but looking back at it now it's just very fascinating uh this this whole thing and obviously we're doing a whole episode on it because it's so so interesting but um yes uh the 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 it really was a true like a democratic election in the way i guess looking back on it my question to you would be does the result surprise you? Because, like, I mean, if we look back on it now, we, we see that Kanye is one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time. But back then, it was like, you know, yeah. like with the numbers in front of you, is it is it surprising that that sound won out over 50 Cent sound? I mean, <clears throat> there's, a, there's, 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 there's a couple of factors here that need to be, like, uh, that need to be extrapolated, I guess. Because... I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The two thousands was fucking weird. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll always, I'll always say that for for the rest of the time because there still hasn't been a really good documentary series on just how freaking weird that whole decade was. But th- thinking about it from the essence of okay, so it's two thousand and seven, right? And you know, the past, the, the years before that, clearly. 50 Cent was this was the uh, was the epitome of what quote unquote hip hop supposed to be is you know it's this manly um, I've got my shirt off for every album cover you know I'm looking hench uh, you know I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about gang life I'm talking about this I'm talking about drugs and money you know and it it makes sense but then there's Kanye trying to obviously do something different and you know not even and being real in a sense. Not to say that Fifty Cent or any, you know, gangster eyes wasn't uh, or gang uh, gang oriented uh, oriented artist wasn't real, but um, he was authentic to himself, and that is something that obviously we know now. But I don't think at that point it was truly understood yet, especially you know considering the fact that the college dropout uh, was being, uh, in terms of that being coming out was so hard fought for him because obviously uh, rock uh, rockefeller was just keeping him down kind of thing um but yeah i think i think because he were because kanye's sound was obviously so 
do I say new? I, I guess uh, it was I guess more refreshing. I guess no, that's fair. And news different. Fair. News it fair. was something because yeah, yeah, because it was different. It was something that couldn't be. Uh, well, obviously, it could have been. Uh, it could be translated because he won. But uh, I think the word. I think I'm. The, I think what I'm trying to find here in, in my thought. I'm thinking out loud to be honest. I. It it, it was the point where. He became he he asserted himself as I think the first rap pop star, not rap star like Fifty was, like Jay was, like Puffy was, Biggie was, Tupac was. I think Kanye was the first pop rap star, if that makes any sense. Because you know, listening to Graduation is very poppy. Uh, it's very glitzy in a sense um, and very uh, uh, grand scale. It's unlike any other album before it. Let's be real. Um, you you can name some glitzy songs like obviously uh, I, I literally watched the Hip Hop Evolution recently, season three, and they did a whole episode on uh, on Biggie's death and then how Puff Daddy came through and obviously Jay Z came through and they both Puff and uh, Jay were the uh, they were kind of the precursors to the Bling era. So. Um, Kanye obviously Kanye clearly took that and made it something I guess more artistically uh, focused, but was still the aesthetic of uh, hip hop isms. Even though he was dressed like a <laughs> like a rich college kid, <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean that 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 does make a lot of sense. I think when we talk about Kanye being the first pop rap star, I wouldn't say it exactly like that i would say drake is probably that but i would say kanye certainly paved the way for that because the artists that were crossing over into pop in the late 90s and early 2000s were only doing so for short periods of time you know like you got ll cool j and hopping on a track with jennifer lopez or buster rhymes on a track with mariah or i think that's i think that's the two artists that they crossed over with jay was on mariah's heartbreaker you know like Ja Rule and 50 Cent were trying to do it by singing a little bit more and, you know, Ashanti was on a lot of jazz stuff, but they weren't really... It was still very yeah. steeped in traditional gangster rap where... So the writing was on the wall, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was going to happen. It was definitely going to happen. But Kanye, you know, I always like to talk about the, the blueprint as being so influential because it, it basically soundtracked the next five years of commercial hip-hop like the sped up soul samples that and I, I can't, i'm not going to put this all at kanye's feet because bink and just blaze were involved in that too and um they they were the architects of that you know jay-z came in and he just did what he always does like he did it at a higher level than he was doing it on his previous couple of albums but it wouldn't have been the the high watermark it is without those three producers creating that sound and and honing it and then kanye just took it to the next level with a couple of number one singles uh of course he dropped b with and finding forever with common so it was it was coming kanye had a 50 cent kanye had built up to this moment if it makes sense 50 cent this was kind of he'd already had his moment yes and so it made sense that it didn't. It didn't make sense at the time. Like if you look back at it, it makes sense now because we look back at the the paths that they took towards that moment, and now we, with the benefit of hindsight, we can see that Kanye is is just a true hip hop artist and always will be, and he's changed the genre forever. You know, he's he's created new sounds and brought new emotions into it. Like he's he's just done so much, and I guess what I look at now is the actual albums themselves because. I listened to Curtis last night. Uh, I haven't revisited it in a while. And it's not good. It's not a good album. Like, the first few tracks are great. Uh, I think I Still Kill with Akon. Um, Get Money is an amazing song. I don't mind AO technology. I don't hate it. It's okay. Uh, the second track is, is pretty good. <laughs> but then 50 Cent just gets like... It, it's, it's basically like a B-side album of his first two records. Or maybe even a C-side. Because Eminem said about um, Get Rich or Die Trying, the reason why it had so many songs on it was because they just couldn't cut anything. Because there were just so many good songs that he was recording around that time. And a lot of them ended up on The Massacre, which is also a really great album. 
And then Curtis was just like a massive drop off in quality. So it makes sense that it's only certified one times platinum. And um, it only spent 27 weeks in the Billboard 200, which is super low. Look at graduation, 149 weeks. If we transition to graduation, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that it's a classic. It's so close to being a classic, but there's just a couple of tracks, you know, drunken hot girls. Mm. Look, man, a lot of people, a lot of people, like to me, it's a classic. I think it's a classic, but it, the the conversation I've heard around it is that it's just not quite at the level of college dropout and late registration. It's definitely, I think, because it's a different sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I always like to think of it as like the culmination of EDM and hip hop. Like it just came together for that album and it was so maximal. It was <laughs> so huge, you know, it was just such a such a big mm-hmm. freaking album yeah. look at stronger is so massive you know and there's there's just a, a giant mm-hmm. this is where 50 cent and kanye comparisons end like they ended prior to to curtis and graduation they like at that first week when that album dropped everyone probably listened to them both and said okay this is where it's it's done now Kanye's gonna head towards the stratosphere and we don't really know what 50 cents gonna do but there's no more comparisons after this like graduation is just a moment like it's an incredible record and uh it had another number one kanye had three albums in a row with number one singles and that's actually pretty that's a big effort man that's that's not easy to do especially if you're debuting a new sound or going in a different direction that's really hard to do he almost did a million first week he did 957k and uh yeah, man, just it's, it's so obvious now in hindsight. Like, look at the difference between the review scores. Like, graduation is <laughs> eighty-five out of a hundred, Curtis is fifty-eight out of a hundred, and and that just says it all, man. It, the quality was not there with that Fifty Cent album. Mm. I mean, well, this it's, it's not like you know, say that Fifty Cent like didn't see. Well, he didn't see any of this coming. Let's be real. Like, he, he clearly thought that he was still he was still the top dog and that's you know that's all that's that's uh that's all to that's all to him you know it's, it's, it's understandable when you have yeah, like yeah. give Richard die trying which is a certified classic like you said and massacres kind of just a little bit below that and in the echelon you know you're gonna you're gonna think that yeah i'm still good i'm, I'm yeah. still i'm still good and you know why would why wouldn't you think that uh, you know the reason why for all this is because they both genuinely thought that they their in their selves were better and that's why this is that's why this whole conversation is so interesting and obviously like you said looking back here now it's, it's fucking stupid <laughs> but, but it is a uh obviously a flashpoint in terms of hip-hop history but um going back to just uh going to 50 just a, just a little bit um i just wanted to like uh think about how you know he did. He the curse is a little bit. Obviously, he turns a little bit to um to like your yeah, uh, your kind of pop sound, pop hip hop sound anyway. Because he, he has Timberland on there. Yeah, he has yeah. Justin Timberlake on there. He has Akon, like you said, on there. You know, so it's not like he didn't try to uh, be mainstream in a sense. But then again, isn't it wasn't wasn't Get Rich Die trying? And massacres like this a similar thing because you know candy shop is a yeah is of a, course yeah like, uh, has that uh, uh, R and B uh, tone tone to it uh, twenty one questions obviously you know it's not it's not exactly like he wasn't doing this I just find it interesting how you know that th- those two obviously succeeded highly and Curtis didn't mm. and obviously Curtis is boo boo compared to them <laughs> looking back at it now but it's just interesting trying to think about what what happened in that time between uh the massacre and Curtis where he just I don't know where where it just where it just fell apart because he did he was in a sense being mainstream uh uh, for forget for the first two albums and then he did it for the third then it flopped so I, I just as a question i just throw out it's not you don't have to answer it but it's just something interesting that i find uh about it uh looking back at it well we have to have a look at that because i mean people say this was the death of gangster rap and and i honestly think it was and i've, I've quantified that but that's 
uh, definitely an existential question that uh, a very subjective question that we can have a look into i think a lot of it is on 50 cent where as you say you're 100 percent right you know he was incorporating these pop elements into his hip-hop already and you know stuff like out of control the remix i mean uh mm-hmm. just a little bit uh mm. there was a lot of stuff that was it was mm. it was oh, yeah it, yeah it, it was yeah it was that boiled down that those pop elements of hip-hop boiled down to like the perfect pop track you know in the club was like a perfect mix of old school hip-hop and and that pop sound that eminem and dr dre had been perfecting themselves together and 50 cent just came along and just took it up you know to the max so it's very it's an interesting thing like what happened in that in that time period because yeah we can say objectively that the album oh subjectively sorry that the album is not that great but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be commercially successful i mean we already know that but you have a look at like artists like nelly who kind of fell off and this is why i agree entirely with you about the 2000s just being weird and not making a whole lot of sense especially the mid 2000s somehow jay-z predicted it by saying that hip-hop was dead and retiring but i don't even think he knew what he was doing or what i don't i think he had a feeling that something weird was going to happen and none of us have been able to work out what exactly happened from like 04 to 08 when kanye dropped 808s kid cuddy dropped man of the moon in 09 and then drake came in 2010 and then it it kind of corrected itself and we were like, oh, okay, now we understand the direction things are going in. Like Lupe was dropping, but it was this weird time. And, and 50 Cent was the uh, biggest, I guess, casualty of that. Um, Eminem was gone during this period. Eminem actually drops one of the worst guest verses I've ever heard on Peep Show. It is, defies, well, it doesn't, if, if you showed me that in 2013, I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. That's an anomaly. But nowadays, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, he was. This is exactly what he's rapping like now. Total, not good. Uh, so, Fifty Cent threw everything he had at this album, you know, and it does feel like him resting on his laurels a little bit. Like, oh, I'm I'm this huge cultural force, and so I'll just put Eminem on the album and get Dr. Dre to produce a couple of tracks, and I'll throw Akon on there and Justin Timberlake and. And I got a hit, and it's the same with what Nelly did. I think Nelly with Sweatsuit, and then with his album after that, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll just do what I've been doing the whole time, and uh, yeah, I'll be fine. And so maybe, maybe what actually happened was that hip hop audience was getting a little bit bored with people just being very formulaic. And you look back at it, and these great artists were very yeah. formulaic. And I don't know how much uh, to put at the feet of the labels in that. But look, you mentioned Jay and Puff and the shiny suit kind of era with Volume 1 and I Know What Girls Like and it was successful with Biggie and then they tried to do it with Jay. It wasn't successful, so Jay had to pivot into something else. Uh, you look at DMX was just blowing up and so, I mean, you could say that Ja Rule looked at DMX yeah. and said, I'm going to do exactly what DMX was doing. So, yeah, man... I Maybe we'll get into this gangster rap thing because I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, I guess, how important you view this specific event in the changing of hip hop sound and not the de- well, it is it's not the death of gangster rap, but certainly a, a, a dramatic decline in the commercial success of of gangster rap and a changing of the soundscape of hip hop. Like, do you think that this was? Yeah, a really contributing factor or was it already heading in this direction? I think I think naturally it was um it was changing. Uh and I think there has kind of nothing to do with fifty cent in a way. Because mm. I think it was I think it started way before him actually. Cause um you see people like uh, I don't know, Cool G Rap, for example, and, you know, listening back to that, which I have done rec- more recently, like, listen to his classic stuff, it's just so... It is super authentic, <laughs> you know, and the beats are grimy and stuff like that, and, you know, it obviously, remin- uh, obviously moving on to now, stuff like uh, the aforementioned Griselda Boys and stuff like that, mm. it, you know, it, it really does harken back to that and has that authenticity. But when you push it in towards the 2000s and you know you said how uh by commercialized people were trying to be i think uh, i think personally 
50 was kind of I think caught up in that tornado of just mm. uh, you know obviously he was he he had the hype train behind him of doing those mixtapes and you know and, and just having that energy that hasn't that wasn't experienced in years I think in the New York well in the New York scene anyway so he clearly had a he clearly had the platform to push him up and that was and that's completely fine but I think the just the knowing that with with people like uh Puff and Jay realizing that well uh, realizing that people like Pack and uh, and Biggie could you know be on the top of the charts and stuff like that and it's basically the whole 90s era of that knowing that you can chart and knowing that you can get proper money from this and you know and knowing that people like Puff can have the bad boy label and Suge can have death row and you know they can say they can say to Universal like fuck you I want to do what I want (laughs) knowing they could do that it kind of just uh I guess moved out that I well I have to say that's where I'm going they moved they shifted out that sense of authenticity like Cool G Rap originally had and like the Griselda boys do have now as independents. But then it was just obviously in that in that schism and in that art or that ripple of trying to, you know, and trying to make music that you can, you know, you can you can you can shuffle shuffle your shoulders too. You know, you can still talk about money, you can still talk about drugs and that, but you can you can you can sway to it if you re- if you really want to, or you know, and do your two 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 step in. Hmm. Um they had ulterior they had well not ulterior motive but they had added they had added motive to it it wasn't just like i want to you know i want to spit the grimiest bars and have the grimiest bees and just sound fucking raw it wasn't about that there was marketing behind it there was money behind it there was you know there was everything we know about music now this is how some people have to try and make their music now they have to have these other things in their head of just how how am I going to market this? I guess in a way, so like some people have to think about that kind of stuff. And uh, be, with Fifty being under Dre in aftermath, obviously Dre was you know he was he was part of that Death Row squad, and he was and he kn- and he knew he could he knew he could get people to chart. He got Eminem to chart, and he got Fifty to chart. Um, the only I guess the only um, well, there isn't much. I don't think there's much uh, difference between Eminem and Fifty and the way I'm thinking about it. But uh, yeah, they, they <coughs> excuse me. They had the blue. They had the blueprint, I guess, and they executed it uh, to to what they wanted. And to have to try and balance that authenticity, but also try and you know sell and sell and have those and have those radio edits and stuff like that. You know. They were, I don't know radio edits when Cool G Rap was doing it, was it? I, I don't know. I, I, that's a that's a good free question for a hip hop historian to give me. But yeah, I, I don't I didn't really see Cool G Rap going like oh, I can't I can't say that on here. Like you know I need to need to clean up for the radio. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. It wasn't like that. Uh, obviously the two thousands was all about that trying to create them radio edits and create those clean edits so they can pop on the radio and get those radio airplays. So. It's just a lot of um, added motive, I think, towards it, and uh, you know, uh, obviously, people clock that detriment uh, to and and put it to their detriment, and especially in fifties case. Yeah, hip hop's always going to gravitate back towards authenticity. I mean, that's what it was built on, and any artist that is seen as not being one hundred percent authentic Facts. in their in their delivery or their, you know, I I actually got killed during the week on Twitter, right, rightfully so. Okay, there's a lot of times I should get dragged on Twitter and I don't. But I double uh, XL asked if anyone would uh, listen to Six Nine if he released new music, and I said that I would, <laughs> and I got absolutely mm. slammed because <laughs> and people actually unfollowed. So um, shout out to you if you unfollowed because um, because I broke your heart by saying that I would maybe listen to a new Six Nine album, but everyone <laughs> would be like, it's not authentic, you know. And, and I understand that and I think that I'm not we're not when obviously we're not saying that um that gangster rap and and 50 cent etc weren't authentic during that time but something I guess we'd already been exposed to how authentic that was during the 90s and the the early 2000s and it was kind of like let's look for the new authentic thing 
and this came through and it was Kanye's uh Kanye's sound like it was it was that emotional Kid Cudi Drake kind of thing and it's really interesting to quantify because a lot of people say that was the death of gangster rap and it's amazing commercially and it's amazing to actually look at the numbers so I've got the numbers here firstly I've had a look at top 10 singles so every top 10 single in hip-hop history so I've got 1996 to 2006 uh, there was 67 gangster rap artists and gangster rap singles that went top 10 uh, for a total of 569 weeks mm-hmm. in the top 10 so 44.4% of all the top 10 hip hop singles during that 10 year period were gangster rap and 43.4% of the weeks in the top 10 were gangster rap so that's just under half that's that's really high that's pretty high then we've got 2008 2008 mm-hmm. to 2018 okay so the numbers between those two decades overall in hip hop are very similar so this is actually a good analysis to run. I was surprised. I thought hip-hop would have blown up more in the last decade than it did in that particular decade, but they're very similar. Now now it's really interesting. So there were only 38 gangster rap singles between 08 and 2018 out of 163 total in hip-hop. That's 23.3% and 349 weeks out of 1,385 weeks. That's 25.2%. So it's just written, like, it's really obvious that gangster rappers were not hitting the top 10. Hip-hop was still at the same level commercially in in the um, pop music landscape, but gangster rap fell off, and it's the same with number one albums. Um, There were 52 gangster rap number one albums between 96 and 2006. That was 69% of all hip-hop number one albums and 59% of the number one weeks. That's Mm. huge, man. That's way over half. But then in that 08 to 2018 period, there were only 22, and that's only 27%. Like, it dropped dramatically. And again, the numbers are similar with regards to total number one albums. They're basically the same. So hip-hop didn't lose popularity in that time, and that's why gangster rap suffered. It's just like you go back through the last decade... And it's kind of, you know, you got Jeezy, like in the top 10, uh, sorry, at number one, number one albums. You got Jeezy, you got Rick Ross, you got T.I., you got Rick Ross, you got uh, Royce, uh, you got The Game, Nas, uh, Rick Ross again, Rick Ross again. Like Future, you know, we kind of put him in that category because he traps, he traps. (laughs) Wait, what, what, what? No, you just kept saying Um, Rick Ross. Rick Ross, Rick Ross, Rick Ross. Why like is it is, man. But then you so, go back to the like '96 to '04, and you should see my visuals in front of me. It's gangster, 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 gangster. Like Snoop Dogg, Bone Thugs, Dog Pound, Tupac. You know, Nas, Snoop Dogg. Like it's crazy, man. Master P. It's yeah. It's um. So it's definitely quantifiable, and I th- I honestly I do wonder what's next for gangster rap because we did speak about Griselda earlier. Now it's kind of turned into this trap phase like future is really hard to put in what category because i guess trapping it's it's hard to even define it it was it was easily defined in the 90s because it was um it was very you know it was very mainstream uh and even like jay-z's albums even though there was pop on them it was pretty clearly he was talking about some some stuff and uh nowadays it's it's almost hard to even define what it is and where it's going to go from here i think that it will come back around because i think what i'm seeing in in the hip-hop landscape now is the probably the pinnacle of the trap sound and uh i guess astro world last year was a great example of that and certainly hip-hop's taken a bit of a downturn this year hip-hop is not at the pinnacle it, it was last year and i just wonder if gangster rap's going to come back around via guys like Griselda, or yeah, I don't really know where it's going to head, but yeah, man, what do you what do you think about those gangster rap numbers? I mean, yeah, the, those are. The, the, I, d- I didn't realize it was actually that. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of a monopoly in a way, just of just how dominant it was in back in the day, and how I guess different it is now. And you know, the 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 term gangster rap is very, um, you know, it's very 
abstract in its, uh, oh, in its nature. I think it's more yeah. it's more clear cut to understand when it's back in the day when it's stuff like yeah. people like NWA when it's people like Snoop yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It's very it's very you know when you say gangster rap that's what I think about. Like, when yeah. you say gangster rap and you say Rick Ross, I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, right? I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean by that. What you mean? What you mean by that in terms of gangster? But yeah, it's just yeah, it's um, hard to it's very, nowadays. It, it, the the definition has definitely taken a uh, taken taken a taken a switch uh, in terms in terms of its pure purest of definitions, especially when you connect it to the music of <laughs> uh, whatever time period you're thinking about. But you know, it's not. I don't. I don't like to. You know, just to just to say, I don't really like to say that Kanye killed gangster rap. But that's no. that's a bit, just a bit too much credit there. <laughs> just just a little bit. Like he 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 uh, he definitely uh, delivered a a kneecapping to Fifty Cent's career. I would if music career, I'd definitely say that he definitely delivered a, a a big blow, big right hook on that front. But you know, I think I think hip hop always had this. Uh, always had this nature once the this decade came rolling around that something was obviously changing now you can link it to many things you can link it to just how people growing up are thinking about life or just uh or just in general how people are growing up now uh there, there are a lot of social elements here there are uh, societal elements uh, on on this in terms of what i'm saying but not everyone is obviously a, a gangster, and that I guess that kind of regresses it to what it what it should be on average, uh, in terms of what uh, in terms of the hip hop output. Um, not every rapper is a gangster. Not every rapper is around is around gang activity. Not every rapper is around drug activity. You know, and that should be that should be. Uh, that should be split, displayed clearly in the hip hop landscape. You know, it's just it's the point of it's the point of uh, music in general. It's supposed to you know hi- highlight loads of experiences, not just everything. So you know, while we enjoy gangster rap from the nineties and stuff like that, and how obviously clearly how dominant it was back in the day, you know, it, it should it, that shouldn't be that that's not that's not indicative of. America. It's not indicative of black people in America. It's not indicative of what hip hop should be statistically. Uh, and I guess for now, it's regressed to the mean. And I think for the good, personally, you know, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not, um, let's not say that gangster rap has been dead all this time and now suddenly it's uh, come back. You know, Pusha T's been doing his things. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and like, you know, you named a couple of others. You know, there've been there've been people throughout the two thousands and the twenty tens that are still you know flying the flag, and that's good, and that's good because that's their experiences and that's what they want to speak about, and that's completely fine. But to say that gangster rap is a uh, uh, dead uh, because of Kanye, I would say pump your brakes on that a little bit. I know you didn't say. I'm just saying, like in terms of you, in terms of the, I don't know, general sense, just pump your brakes on that front. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it, it is an interesting thing. I think I think the 2010s really, not to provide a review of the decade or anything, but like it really is. Uh, I think personally, uh, very has done very well in displaying the diversity of not just American life, but also, you know, people in the UK that do hip-hop, their lives as well, and in Africa, or in uh, Asia, or whatever, wherever hip-hop is. Uh, it's gotten, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, gangster or R&B or nothing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that now. Uh, you know, while we enjoyed the 90s for what it was, you know, it was very, very saturated with certain topics 2010s now is obviously uh, very diverse and that's how it should be because that's how life is um and you know you can give Kanye credit for that front i guess because he um even though i would say content wise it was still very similar in terms of what hip hop is you know talking about women and talking about fashion uh, in one in 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 the probably the largest uh, percentage on that but um yeah, he, he he obviously clearly provided in once after graduation, especially uh, provided that uh, door or provided that picket uh, picket sign to say 
you don't have to do uh, gangster rap. You don't have to do the you know the status quo. You can do how you feel, and uh, clearly some artists really took that and ran with it. And that's why we that's why we enjoy so many you know so many diverse artistry uh, in this, especially in this decade, especially. I keep saying especially. <laughs> That's okay. We said trash about eighty-seven thousand times last week, so we need a we need an, a word for every episode. Especially can be the word for this episode. I think you did you give um, a count. Did you get a count? <laughs> I didn't do the count, but I did. I'll, I'll I'll mention it in the in the light. I know I did I did do something. Uh, but no no no, you summed it up perfectly. I don't have a lot to add to that except that that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying about. Uh, inclusion and including uh, different aspects of just human existence into hip hop, and as it became more popular and I guess spread more worldwide, yeah. and and the internet, a lot of a lot of people need to remember Thanks. that hip hop was very city based and very region based uh, before the internet really allowed it to expand. You know, you would build up a buzz oh, yeah. in your area and New York, Great Atlanta, point. New York, Atlanta, like Great all point. these areas, California were just hubs and and there was a, a, a not a generic sorry a um a general sound that came out from those areas and it was really hard to kind of move out like a lot of people gave nelly a lot of props for opening st louis up and and opening that area up to mainstream hip-hop mm-hmm. and so once the internet really took hold we got to hear stories from everywhere and everyone and and all the different people who were making hip-hop and uh who may not have been you know labels are very um uh, I guess based on history and and very stereotypical, they're like this is the sound that works. This is the sound we're going to go with. And you could see with Kanye, even with Rockefeller, not giving him a huge opportunity at first, and Kanye sh- uh, shopped himself around to so many different labels, and they all turned him down. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's not. That's not the vibes right now. That's not working. Uh, we want to stick with you know Fifty Cent and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I've heard many stories of. Uh, artists behind the, the scenes being told to rap in a certain way and so yeah I think it was a great point I think uh, that's well said and I think we can conclude by saying that Kanye is just a genius he's just a genius and uh, yeah man that, genius Kanye's a genius genius especially gosh it's, it's balanced it's, it's getting there it's getting genius is coming genius is genius coming up from coming. the rear anyway <laughs> shall we get to a lighter note <laughs> Have you got one? Uh, the only thing on my mind right now is this fucking fly in my room is is pissing me off, bro. It's like it keeps landing on my shit. I'm just, I just really want to just blow up my room right now. So, no, uh, I don't have anything in mind at the moment because I'm I'm watching a fly, and as soon as I get off this recording, I'm gonna destroy it. So, I've been, yeah, but um, <laughs> you shouldn't have wow, asked. Man. <laughs> you should. <laughs> That's deep. You're dealing with some deep existential issues right now. Pro sharp. We got like no what? I got two. So um, I want to. I want to make the case for Sydney being the best city in the world. Like, I don't know if there's any other. Like, I was just chilling out yesterday right. with Winnie, and we were sit just back, like, ladies and gentlemen. He's about just, to be wrong. We were just sitting there. Okay, um, I'm I'm willing to be wrong. I haven't I haven't travelled to every city, but we were just sitting there, right? And um, it was such a beautiful day, and we were like in a quite a, a non-mainstream, an obscure location that I have discovered during my trails through Sydney. And we we're just sitting there looking at the bridge. It's so beautiful. We could see the Opera House. We could see the whole CBD. We could see the bush next to it, right? So you could see both parts, like nature and man, like together, and then. You know, the the city's big, but it's not, like, overwhelmingly big like New York. Like, it's not crazy, so crazy that you're going to get lost. Like, you might run into people you know. Um, but it's not over, it's not so big that, yeah, it's 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 right near a harbour. It's right near the water. Uh, you can go surfing, you can go swimming. Like, I don't understand. And I love, for example, London is my favourite city in the world. I'm not saying that Sydney is my favourite. I don't really like the people of Sydney. There you go. Yeah, that's the difference, man. I don't like. I don't really like Australians that much, on the whole. Like, if you're going to class us as a generic group, I don't really like us. I think we're pretty racist sometimes. I think we're pretty sexist. I think there's a huge drinking culture. Like, there's a lot of issues. But Sydney, I think, is the best city. But London is definitely my favourite city. But I would, I'm open to hearing suggestions because I, I can't see another city on paper 
on paper beating Sydney. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? No, it's, it's London. It's London. It's it's London every way. Um, just yeah, that's pretty. It's too pretty, cold, that's pretty much man. It for me. No, but um, actually, the, the, there was a there was a there was a conversation I had with a mate one uh, recently. It was like, uh, if you could live anywhere, where where would you live? And uh, I I mean, this is probably me just being very uh, basic, but. I I I simply just don't want to live in America anymore because why would you? <laughs> there's, there's just no yeah, reason no, for me you. anymore to think about that. Uh, think about America as a permanent live position. But the only places I can think of like is London and maybe Singapore. Uh, okay. I know Singapore's a country, but yeah, just uh, anywhere in Singapore. The, the I don't know what, what is the city of Singapore that I'm thinking of. Is it? Is, is it? So, what what is Singapore? <laughs> Man, look, you're Singapore? asking, trying to you're think asking of the actual place itself. You're asking uh, the wrong person. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm being stupid, but yeah, uh, yeah. That's the, that's the only two places I think of because I'm thinking of it very, very literally. Like, like I'm thinking about politics. I'm thinking about food. I'm thinking about transport links. I'm thinking real hard about it. Just, be, just, this is gonna be real with you. But, but yeah, no. The capital is Singapore. It's a city and state, it apparently. Is. So yeah, yeah that's is. why I was yeah. being confused. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of Singapore, maybe. Yeah, those are the only two I can really generally think of. But actually, I do have a lion though, and it's just gonna be very five E heavy. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, Instagram is coming hey. at the end of this week. I don't know have a specific date, but you will f- you w- by by the time the next episode of Digging Digits after this one comes in. It will be. It will have the fifth element all on it, all on it. The fifth element IG, and uh, yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'm basically just gonna spend the whole week just trying to, just trying to, I don't know, hype that up because I have some good, 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 good shit going going uh, for when I, when it actually drops. Uh, but yeah, I just need to now that I've I've written three reviews and I've actually mentioned one of the shows today uh, that, that I'm reviewing, and I'll mention the other one, Top Boy, because I watched that last night uh, uh, the past two nights, and fuck. God, I miss that show, Ben. So I miss yeah. it so much. It was six years away, in bro. Six years away, in like it's, it's, it's Nas like, level. I, I, I was, I'm so happy. I'm so happy it's back. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, bro. It's literally Nas level. It's crazy. Like, imagine Kendrick going being gone six years. Like, I couldn't handle that. That's that's the level. I'm at. That's the level of like hope I was wishing for. It's just. And it, it was even worse because it was like a cult. There's, there's been like a cult following for Top Boy, and not everyone knew what it was uh, initially. Everyone just thinks like it's Drake's show, and it's not. It's, it's just been like it was. It was show in the UK like at the start of the decade, and yeah, it was had like cult following, and I was part of that. And yeah, man, I'm just so happy it's back. So fucking happy it's back. But yeah, Fifth Element IG is finally in. Well, finally coming. Uh, it's, pretty, it's actually it's actually already there. So if you want to try and find it, then try and find it. But yeah, I'm officially dropping it uh, in the in in the next week. So I'm very I'm very excited for that. Awesome, man. Um, I just want to shout out to my followers on Hip Hop Numbers because it just hit fifty thousand overnight. Uh, so thank you so much if you follow and support. Uh, good shit. Good shit. Really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to be like stepping back a lot for the rest of September. There's only two weeks left in September, but I'm just going to um, be a lot less visual. Uh, sorry, a lot, a lot less visible on uh, on Twitter. So if, if you're worried about that, it's genuinely because of my mental health. Uh, but you don't have to worry. Uh, I'm taking steps to rectify that. And I think that this is a huge step that I need to take. But I'll be back in October. I'll be under everyone's post and annoying the shit out of everyone again in no time. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, and also, just very quickly on a lighter note, if uh, anyone listened to last week's trash episode and they just feel like maybe skipping to 31 minutes and 44 seconds of the, the Nas retrospective episode, they might hear Charlie say something... 31 minutes, 44 seconds, they might hear Charlie say something that he was adamant he didn't say. And I, you know, this is what I do, Charlie. I don't know why you thought you could do this. Okay, okay, my my article with Complex dropped today, and I counted every single Kid Cudi hum. Okay, I counted every hum in his entire discography. It's 27 minutes of humming. Why did you think you could slip this past me? I don't know. I'm the best in the world at what I do. You couldn't slip this one past me, Charlie. Come on, man. That's amateur stuff. It's on wax, bro. 
Uh, for comedy, I'm just gonna uh, get. Uh, I'm gonna get future editor Charlie to uh, get this to get this quote up. So I'm just gonna. So I'm just gonna pop it in right now. Okay, let me just get to the bottom ones, which I don't, which I'm not a fan of. And nausea's trash. Nausea's trash. Just in the bin. Not even worth being on the tier list. It's in the bin. You know what? Fair enough. Fair cop. I'll take. I'll take that. I challenged you, and clearly I shouldn't have. So yeah, that's that is completely that's completely fine by me. I will take that L. I'll hold that L. I apologize oh, I to Nas for calling it that's... trash. It is not trash. <laughs> It's just very, yeah, very okay. fucking underwhelming. And on that note, okay. we shall leave it there. <laughs> this has been <laughs> Digging in the Digits. I have been Charlie Taylor of The Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. And we shall see you next time. We, ho- we hope Ben gets better in the next couple of weeks. Please Thanks, get man. your things together. And we shall... Well, the show will, the show will continue, I'm sure. But uh, of course, clearly on yeah. the... Twitter front it's obviously uh, very necessary and you know I I hold uh, complete respect and uh, hope you get better my guy thanks man and on that note again <laughs> have a good week everybody and we shall always try and do the same but until the next time take it easy ladies and gentlemen alright peace Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chopper Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chopper Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>